We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for. Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking about story and how story is engaged and involved in our marriages. And it's the story that we bring into the marriage. It's our family of origin story that then gets played out in the context of the relationship. But there's another story at play in every marriage. That is the story of the marriage itself. And so how do you begin to understand what is the unfolding story of a marriage? So that's what we're here to talk about today. It's such a great question. And if you've been married five to 10 years, that it feels like a different question. If you've been married, you know, 35 years, how do I even begin to think about how to tell that story? And as is true with most stories, it, it actually starts before the day that you get married. Right. So there's the story of how you got to that day. What was true for you, both of you? And my first question, I would just want to ask people like, how do you talk about that? How do you tell that? What's the story you've been telling yourselves and the story you've been telling other people? About how you came together. Yeah. I think there's it's, always more than what we tell. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating question to, to really ponder what was the story at work in me and what was the story at work in you? And then how did it begin to be interwoven in who you, my spouse, was and is in the moment that I met you and began to incorporate my knowledge of who you are into my world and into my life. And what did that do for me? And how are you? And as I'm talking about this, how was Beth? Some of what I was looking for as a result of what had previously happened in my story. How was she meeting me in some places of attention, need, desire, affection, comfort, excitement, whatever it was that she had that my story brought, was hungry for, that she met in some of those ways and vice versa. I think that's very true. I can remember in some marriage work that we did a few years ago, multiple years ago now, we would ask the question, when did the attraction become a distraction? When did the thing that attracted you to each other start to feel like it was a distraction? It was no longer helpful. And I think those are the ones that are hard to tell. We love to have the epic sort of romantic story about how we met and how that unfolded. And that oftentimes that is there. I think the story that, but the other aspect that we don't want to name is that there were other things that were at play also. Um, And I think that that has to be part of what this work of telling the story of your marriage is what it's tied to. So I, I think when would, I would tell people we'd probably start the same way. We tell you to start with your own story with a timeline. It might be helpful to take that timeline and five-year chunks start slowly. And even to start with the five years before you met your spouse 
and then come to the when you met and then come to when you got married. And so it's not even like you said, if you've been married for 10 years, we're actually talking about more like a five to seven year window before the marriage date. And then from that date moving forward, what has been the unfolding story ever since? In that, I bet that if I were to sit down and and do what I've just suggested, or we've just suggested, and Beth were to sit down and do what the same thing, the same exercise, I wonder how coinciding they would be and how different they would be that there are some things that had happened through the unfolding story of our marriage that, that may have been significantly like a high for me that were, that was a low for her or vice versa, or maybe the low for her was more low than I thought it was, than I would have put it on my, you know, chart per se, that there's an experience that she had of that, that that I knew was there, but I didn't know the depth of the impact of it. Right. And I think if you go in those chunks for most couples, the first five years of your marriage is rocky. It's got highs and lows. It's got disappointments that maybe went expressed or unexpressed. There are patterns that were laid down that oftentimes couples haven't talked about. And I think it's a, I think it's a, a great place to start and has a probably a pretty high level of vulnerability to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about going back there, I know when we started to have those conversations, Mark and I have, it's, it's this big Epic way that we met and it's, it's a really fun story to tell and we've told it a thousand times and, and, and every time we tell it from the day that we met to the day that we got engaged was like 37 days or something, which is pure insanity and beautiful and crazy and crazy and beautiful and crazy. And there's, there is lots tied to that. There are reasons for that. I have no regrets around that story. And that's so epic sounding that nobody ever asked. And we never thought about what are the other things that are going on there? How is it that I came to live a story of 37 days and saying, yes, how is it that Mark came to live that story? And, and in, in that realm of what you were just saying, like, there, there were things that we saw in one another that absolutely felt like they met a hunger that each of us had. And a, a lot of that hunger was born of need, never be able to meet for each other. And the, so the story of our marriage has been, I think, in some respects, like facing the truth of that and finding the goodness of God, because certainly God was at play back there in that story while still also naming that there was a bit of a setup for failure in the middle of all that. And I bet the fir- those first five years, the rockiness of the first five years are bringing those needs to one another and recognizing, oh, I have these needs and you're not going to be able to provide them. I have these needs and they're, are they legitimate needs? Are they not legitimate needs? Are they, you know, what, are, what are we going to do with 
the first five years full of desire and disappointment? That's a great question. I think that that is the question. <laughs> what are we going to do about the first five years filled with desire and disappointment? And maybe that's even the best way to do that timeline. Below the timeline are the things that were disappointing. Above the timeline are the places where desire was both felt and met with goodness. That would be a great timeline. Yeah. What a fascinating exercise. And I can just imagine even in my own, so we've been married now 26 years and to take it in those five-year chunks, like you suggested. So about five, five-year chunks for us and thinking through, oh, that was, those were the years of that. And those were the years of that. And there's, I wonder if there's kind of some themes that we could really begin to see and how unmet desires in one five-year chunk begin to be met in another five-year chunk, but then new desires are are disappointed in some ways and just begin to plot out how, where are we? And I just think of, the, when, when I think of stories unfolding, I have some very specific books in my head, fiction books that I have read almost every year through over and over again. And the unfolding story is this journey through a land. And I wonder if I were to begin to describe the landscape of our marriage in actual geographical or geological kind of terms, what that would end up looking like. Those were the years of desert. Those were the years of high mountain adventure. Those are the years where the streams were flowing well, and, and those were the years where there was drought. I just wonder how that would begin to, to play out for me and for Beth and, and just other marriages. And I wonder if they'd even, like I said earlier, if they'd match. I think it's a great question. I know for us, and it was said in the first five years, our marriage is a story of death and life and celebration. And that cycles. There has been death and there has been life and there has been celebration, but there's always been death. The first major thing we faced was, was a miscarriage. Neither one of us were expecting. And Mark would probably say it was a low. He would have named that as a low in years that I wouldn't have named that as a low. Cause I just didn't want to feel it going back. Now we've been able to look back and name more fully for both of us, like what was happening there. And why was it so low for him? And why was I so numb to what was happening? But again, we've been married probably 15 years before we, it was even important to do that. We just moved on. It was fine. I was fine. And yet it's a hinge, it's a hinge moment for us. Like it's a really important stop in those first five years. And, and has been an important thing to name because it's repeated. The cycle has repeated. So why has that been important to name for you? I think for us, it's been important to name because we can trace it. It says something about the story that God is telling through our marriage. We know that now. So when the cycle starts to repeat again, there is a knowing that Mark and I share and have. This is our story. This is our story. We know it well. When we can feel the death coming again, it always bumps up with celebration. Like it, it is a known fact. It will happen. If celebration is on the horizon, death will collide with it. 
And I don't mean that in some sort of morbid, but it just, after 35 years, we know it. We just know it. So that's part of why it's been important, knowing ourselves. For Beth and for me, as we began to do some of this work of plotting our story, we recognize that just as you said, these cycles happen in death and celebration. For us, we began to identify this theme that just as some movement of goodness or desire or decision or adventure or something comes along, like we're ready to make a a shift in our lives. And this happened when we left our work and went into missions and we left missions and we went to grad school and then we left grad school and we moved to starting restoration counseling and restoration project. Like just before every one of those moves, this move of great energy and excitement and, and, and desire There was always, right before that, just like you said, right before that, there was always a temptation, some invitation to stay. Mm. And And it was this invitation to stay put. It was this, hey, we would like you to take this job or do this thing or lead this part of our organization. Those invitations were always right on the precipice of us making the next move. And what ended up happening for us is that we began to identify in plotting out, like we're suggesting here, we began to identify that this is somewhat of how things play out. And therefore, we can actually take that step and not be caught in that temptation or invitation because goodness has resulted every time. It's a theme. Today, I know death does not have the final word. And I would say that is part of what our marriage speaks. Death does not have the final word. So when it comes it still hurts like hell and feels terrible and reeks of death. But there is also like unknowing inside there, there will be celebration. Yes, It will come. So for our listeners, we just invite you to pause with your spouse, maybe with just yourself, but also invite your spouse to do so to, to begin to plot out. Like we suggested a few years before you met What was life like? What were some of those desires and disappointments? And then what did you bring into your relationship? And then how did you live into those first five years, the next five years, the next five years? And what themes begin to emerge as you do some reading of your own story? And some of this we get into in the Thrive Marriage Lab. And then Beth and I are also speaking at a conference called thestoryofyourmarriage.com. You go there, find out we're speaking at the end of October about the unfolding story of what your marriage is telling. I think Tracy, you just said, it, what is this? What is the story that God wants to tell through your story? So, all right, Tracy, we'll see you next time. Next time.